Are you ready? Oh, shot of wrestling. Episode 140. Wait, we go. Welcome to episode 140 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host at Michael J. Putty, now on Facebook. Welcome to another week. It's been a long week. Happy it's come to an end. Unfortunately, just me this week. We had a special guest lined up to join me here in Omega Studios. But however, the stupid freaking Nor'easter is coming. And unfortunately, travel plans had to be canceled. It's better safe than sorry. So he's going to stay home. I only live a couple blocks away, so I trudged over to the studio because I'm a champion. I'm a dedicated, loyal warrior for this show. No, it's not. Mike the Bartender. Mike the Bartender called out. A good friend of the show, Mike the Bartender. He's come on a couple times, hoping to get him on this week. But even Mike the Bartender's out. So now I'm kind of regretting my decision. I should have stayed home, right? Oof. Wish me luck. But I'm here. Got a bottle in my hand. Let's start the show. Like we always start the show. With this week's wrestling replay. Payback. June 1st, 2014. From the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. In front of a crowd of 13,311. Sponsored by Mountain Dew Kickstart. We saw Sheamus defeat Cesaro to retain the United States Championship in 11 minutes, 38 seconds. Rybaxel, remember those guys? Rybaxel defeated Cody Rhodes and Goldust in 7 minutes, 49 seconds. Rusev defeated Big E in 3 minutes, 40 seconds. Bo Dallas and Kofi Kingston ended in no contest in 32 seconds. I'm curious to be reminded about what that was about. My man Bad News Barrett defeated Rob Van Dam to retain the Intercontinental Championship in 9 minutes, 32 seconds. John Cena with the Usos in his corner defeated Bray Wyatt with the Wyatt family in his corner in a last man standing match in 24 minutes, 24 seconds. That's cool. Paige defeated Alicia Fox to retain the Divas Championship in 6 minutes, 37 seconds. And in your main event, The Shield defeated Evolution in a no-holds-barred elimination match in 30 minutes, 56 seconds. Now we usually pick these replays for a reason. So now we're going to celebrate The Shield, Roman Reigns. And this is one of my favorite feuds that S.H.I.E.L.D. has ever had. Yeah, I'm biased. Yes, yeah, Evolution. Because I'm still on my Evolution high from last week. Yeah, still carrying it over. I got my shirt that I ordered. I got my pin that I ordered. Oh, I can't wait to rock those next time I go out. So yeah, I'm celebrating Roman Reigns. And uh, I get to watch Evolution in action yet again. So, you know, two birds, one stone here. But on a side note, I mentioned Ryback Baxel defeated Cody Rhodes and Goldust. This is when Cody Rhodes kind of a meltdown, pushed Goldust away. Ergo, a week later, Stardust made his WWE debut. And how can we forget about Stardust, eh? That was payback. 2014, and the next night, of course, Seth Rollins turned his back on his boys and started that great run that Seth Rollins had with the authority. This kind of pay-per-view kind of set up a lot of things going forward. So check out Payback 2014. It was a good show. Pretty good show. Let's get on and talk about my week. Friday morning, I got up to get ready for work. And you guys ever do that thing where you're talking about something, and like a day or two later... An ad pops up on your phone, on your Facebook or Instagram, or maybe even Twitter. And you're like, what the fuck was that? That's, that's, a, that's a weird coincidence, right? Well, I woke up today, 
And for some reason, I started thinking about weddings. My friend's getting married in a couple months. I started thinking about weddings and social media for some reason, which led me to the marriage between Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. I thought about the night they got married on Raw, but then I'm thinking about their real-life marriage. You saw John Hennigan and Taya Valkyrie get married, and you see pictures everywhere. The Miz and Maurice got married. There's pictures everywhere. But there was no social media back then, really, when Triple H and Stephanie got married. So I'm like, when did they get married? What was their wedding like? These are the things I think about when I'm trying to avoid getting ready for work. But I don't know how the connection from weddings to Triple H and Stephanie's wedding, real-life wedding, happened. So now I finally wake up. I'm getting ready for work, getting dressed. Now I listen to Elvis Duran in the morning show in the mornings, New York at Z100. I've listened to that show since it began, like 20-something years ago, not since I was a teenager, getting ready for school. Good show. Check it out. Since I'm getting ready for work, lo and behold, they come back from commercial, and who the fuck do they introduce? Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. They were their guests. They came on to talk about the charity work and, of course, promote evolution at the Nassau Coliseum. But then Elvis said something, and then Stephanie goes on to talk about her wedding with Triple H, how their anniversary was yesterday, Thursday, the 25th. Creepy. Very creepy. At least the phone makes sense. If I'm talking about something, the phone picks it up. That makes sense. I didn't even say this shit out loud. I was thinking that mentally about Triple H and Stephanie's wedding, when their anniversary was, and boom. Not even, I think, 15 minutes later, there they are on the radio telling us the anniversary was on Thursday. Fucking insane. Way creepy. I want to tell Mike that story. Mike's not fucking here. Mike, the bartender, believes in all that voodoo, superstition, supernatural stuff. So I thought he would get a kick out of that, but he's not here. Moving on from that, the connections we made last week in that Bound for Glory pulled through. Ross Foreman, the head of media publicity for Impact Wrestling, sent your boys an email. My card worked. Sent us an email to be part of the Impact Press Pass podcast. Now I've seen that on Facebook. They do it live on Facebook Live. But you just watch on Facebook Live. You can't participate in the phone call. You can't ask questions. You just listen live. And I've done that before when they did it with Brian Cage briefly. But now here we are, part of the phone call. Thankfully, the phone call was during my lunch hour. So, but it was with Sammy Callahan. Now, Sammy Callahan's awesome. One of the big names over at Impact Wrestling right now. One of the guys carrying that company on his back. So I dial in. Now, apparently my plan isn't comp- compatible with this phone call. So I'm going to get charged a penny a minute. Like, that's fucking bullshit. So now I'm counting down the timer. Now, like, 10 minutes in before the phone call even starts. Our boy Ross is there talking to Josh Matthews. They have some fun little banter back and forth. They bring in Sammy Callahan. Now they're taking phone calls from media outlets. Websites I checked out are Boys Over the Hide Spot podcast. We're on there. Unfortunately, I couldn't listen to the whole thing. I had to get back to work. Very busy day. You know, like the new job and all. But yeah, it was fun being a part of it. Heard the first couple of questions. I listened to it for like 45 minutes. Sammy Callahan was asked about his new contract that he recently signed. He says for a shitload of money. And OVE is not going anywhere anytime soon. So that implies that's a long-term deal. Then an interesting question. One of the callers asked Josh Matthews about the time change for Impact Wrestling. Which I've been talking about for the last couple weeks. About the, how it's going to affect the ratings. Get to that later in the show. But Josh Matthews kind of didn't give a fuck. He's like, you know what? In this day and age, I don't watch TV. There's no appointment television anymore. Except for live sporting events. Would we want Impact to be a appointment TV? Absolutely. But we're not there yet. I'm a big fan of the show Manifest. I can't even tell you what network it would time or channel it's on i watch it on my dvr most people watch things via their dvr so i'm not too concerned about it the voice of impact wrestling is telling you publicly in front of the whole media that he doesn't care that impacts shifting time slots to 10 p.m out of prime time by the way what an hour is because of dvr not for nothing it makes sense if i had that fucking channel i wouldn't be watching it on thursday nights i would be watching it friday evenings before i come to the studio to record the show so as a point I didn't even think about the DVR thing. So apparently the folks at Impact Wrestling are taking it in stride. Hopefully they come to a new network soon. A network like I mentioned 
that I have. Please come to a network that I have. But what's cool is cool to be a part of that media call, being on that side instead of watching it on my Facebook Live, being actually a part of it. That was a Shadow Wrestling's first Impact Press Pass podcast. Hopefully one of many. So once again, thank you to Ross Foreman over there at Impact Wrestling. But I mentioned earlier, so it's been a long week for me. And uh, personally, it's been a long week. Friday morning, I had to pick a friend of mine up. And when I went to drive away, the car moved, but the wheel locked. I couldn't move the wheel at all. Fuck, man. Thankfully, I was parked. I was pulling out of the parking spot, so it didn't affect me too bad. Turn the car off, turn it back on, boom, it was fine. The weekend, it was fine. Monday rolls around, last Monday. It happens two more times. As I'm turning, I almost hit like two cars because the, the wheel locks, so instead of going straight after the turn, I'm now going in a full circle. So I had to bring it to my fucking mechanic. Bring it to my mechanic Tuesday morning. He tells me it's a malfunction in my steering column because my car apparently has electric steering. has to be replaced. It's going to be expensive. Like, of course it is. So Friday afternoon, my car was available. My car was done. $700 to get a new fucking steering column for my car. $700. Seven two zeros. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know what I'm going to fucking do. And of course, you're hearing my voice. I went to work this week. I came to the studio tonight. I didn't win the fucking lottery. So I got to fucking scratch and claw my way back. I got to figure something out here. $700 to fix a steering column. It is insane. When I picked up my car, he showed me the piece that was, he showed me the piece that he took out, the old piece, the old broken piece. And it's just a couple pieces of fucking metal. $700 to get a steering column replaced. Man, your boy at Muggsy Putty is hurting right now. We got to buy new shirts for the show, new pins, maybe some new pens, maybe some new products. No, of course, now I can't because now I finally spend $700 on a fucking steering wheel column. I should have fucking told him to not fix it and take my chances. So fucking pissed. I'm just rambling on. Looking at the time. My assistant in the corner is telling me to wrap things up. I'm rambling on. So let me just move on. Get a car. Drive around. It'd be great. They told me. Fuck no. What was it? In August? To go down to Boardwalk Beatdown? It was like $400? <sighs> Here's my drink. Ah, sweet relief. Sweet, sweet relief. So, let's move on. If you've been listening to the show since the very beginning, thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Get involved in the conversation on our social medias. But when we used to have our friend Erwin the Voice Escobar on the show, I would write a parody song for him, party intro. This is before our boy Paddyak wrote a legit theme song. I would write parody theme songs for Erwin to come on the show. He thought it was funny. I have kind of a little knack to write parody theme songs. I don't know why. Don't know where it comes from. I just do it. It's a gift. So if you haven't listened to the show, let me let me give you a brief reminder. Here is one clip I made of Erwin Escobar about the Copacabana. His name is Erwin. He loves the new day. Although he may not have the hair, he's the woosh just like Ric Flair. He used to host his host his own podcast. And while he hung up his old mic, he can come back when he likes. All in the studio. Are you serious, bro? You really should check out the whole thing. That's pretty fucking damn good. Then the next time he was on, I decided to parody the big hit of the summer that year, Happy by Pharrell Williams. Because it's Irwin. Listen up if you feel that Raw is number one. Because it's Irwin. Listen up if you feel that SmackDown is next to none. Because it's Irwin. Listen up even if you can't stand it when I sing. Because it's Irwin. Listen up to the voice on a shot of wrestling. And then finally, I, I wrote a parody based on the Backstreet Boys. 
Oh my God, he's back again. He's guest hosting the shot of wrestling. Gonna bring the humor, listen up. Got a few cues for you, you better answer now. That's good shit, man. Worked hard on those things. That's just a brief little verse of a song that I made into an intro for our friend Erwin. Then, of course, there is the theme song to Eric Jaden's Love Hotline. Jaden! Soon we'll be turning your life around, Eric Jaden. Promises your love will soon be found. And now I haven't done a parody in a while. I have no reason to. I have no motivation to. So coming back from Boardwalk Beatdown, stuck in traffic, of course. There's traffic fucking everywhere. Talking about the podcast. Greenman's like, oh, why don't you write some songs for this show? It'd be fun. It'd be cool. I'm like, yes, it would be cool. A little fire in your boy, Amok J. Putty. A little fire. So I recently got a new job, so I'm kind of busy. But I finally sat down and wrote a new song. It was about Roman Reigns. If you know your boy, I'm a J-Party. I'm a big Roman Reigns fan. Love Roman Reigns. Don't know why people hate him originally. Talked about it several times on the show. Even rocking my Roman Reigns t-shirt right here, right now. So I wrote a song for Roman Reigns, which I was going to fix up, tweak, maybe get the thing auto-tune worked out because I cannot sing for shit, if you heard just now. But now the events of this past week... I kind of forced me to do some very quick rewrites of the song. Changed everything from present tense to past tense, basically. I can't sit on the song for a couple weeks, fixing it up, fine-tuning it. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a special treat. This is the first Michael J. Putty single here on A Shot of Wrestling. So, once again, I've not perfected the auto-tune. I wasn't drunk enough to sing it. I just want to get it done because I can't wait on this any longer because of what happened. And what better week to debut a Roman Reigns song than this week? So... Ladies and gentlemen, Michael J. Putty. Oh, that is out of tune. Haven't fixed that yet. Let me get around to that. But anyway, folks, I am Michael J. Putty, and welcome to the debut of my very first single. Hope you enjoy. Guys boo him loud and proud in the stands and the streets Although he now has to go away Let's look back on all that he Was it something he said or something he did? Did his words not come out right? Though he tried not to get booed Yeah, he tried But I don't know why you hate Roman Reigns He was there every week, live on wrong. Just like his shield mates, he was a champion. Roman Reigns, the big dog. Yeah, he is. Listen to your favorites talk As you cheered them in the ring Hear the crowds chant every night That Roman sucks or he's just Plain boring But I wonder why him though How could you treat him like this 
I know that he'll be an all-time great if I could know somehow why you hate Roman Reigns, the big dog. He was there every week, live on Raw. Just like his shield mates, he was a champ and beyond. Roman Reigns, the big dog. Although it's been a while now, he can still get so much heat. But the title around his waist grew He was the man, the man to be Thought he could have won you back the night he got back with the shield. Instead of showing love, you just cheered the other two. And now I hear he has to go away so he can live and fight another day. To hear that tears me up inside, but I hope we see him pretty soon. Roman Reigns, the big dog. He was there every week, live on Raw. Just like his shield mates, he was a champ and beyond. Roman Reigns, the big dog. My real name is Joe, and I've been living with leukemia for 11 years. And unfortunately, it's back. And because the leukemia is back, I cannot fulfill my role. I can't be that fighting champion. And I'm going to have to relinquish the Universal Championship. And I'm not going to lie, I'll take every prayer you can send my way, but I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for you to feel bad for me. Because I have faith. But I want to make one thing clear. By no means is this a retirement speech. Because after I'm done whooping leukemia's ass once again, I'm coming back home. And when I do, it's not going to just be about titles and being on top. No, it's about a purpose. 
I am coming back because I want to show all of you, the whole world, I want to show my family, my friends, my children, and my wife that when life throws a curveball at me, I am the type of man that will stand in that batter's box. I will crowd the plate, I will choke up, and I will swing for the fences every single time. Because I will beat this, and I will be back, so you will see me very, very soon. Once again, thank you so much. God bless you, and I love you. Believe that. So yeah, that happened. And unless you've been living under a rock, you don't know about it. I'm assuming if you're listening to my voice right now, you're watching it live as it happened on Raw. It's a big news story. Everybody picked it up. Every news outlet picked it up. This is before, of course, all those package bombings came out. And my news feeds and my websites were flooded with this nonstop craziness of these package bombs. Everyone's talking about Roman Reigns relinquishing his title and announcing his leukemia has returned after 11 years of being in remission. Apparently nobody knew about this announcement. A very small handful of people knew about it. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Michael Cole. I had not heard if Corey Graves or Renee Young were in that discussion, in that meeting. But even then, from what I heard, they were told that Roman Reigns is going to relinquish the title tonight and make an announcement. They weren't even told what the announcement was. That's kind of fucked up, no? I mean, you can't tell your quote-unquote best friends, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, Unless he told him personally, and that's not been reported. The voice of WWE don't give a heads up to what's going on. Renee Young and Corey Graves' reaction looked genuine, so I do believe they were not told of what happened. You know, it's, just, it's a sad state of affairs, you know. These guys are larger than life. I've been a Roman Reigns mark since The Shield. You know, of course, everyone hates him. Everyone booed him. He sucks. Friend of the show, Rich, always carries that stupid sign that Roman Reigns sits when he pees. Yeah, it's just, it's sad, you know. I have a couple of friends of mine who have young kids who are wrestling fans. And so I asked them, like, what do you tell your kids about this? Because they're young enough to think that wrestling is real. This isn't fake. This isn't kayfabe. What I see is what is reality. So how do you explain to your kids what's going on? And then one of them replied to me. She said, as a parent, my response is, sometimes people get sick and it can be sad. And it's okay to be sad, but it's even better to be brave. And let's make him a get better fast card. That's the time that appearance. Okay. I would never think of that. So thank you for that. What can you say? Cancer sucks. I've known people who've gone through cancer. I'm assuming most of you have known someone who's gone through cancer. If not leukemia, some sort of cancer. You know, God bless Roman Reigns. God bless Joe Anoi. Anoi? 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 I tried Googling his name, folks. I can't get the proper pronunciation. I've heard different pronunciations of it. So I'm just going to go with Joe Anoi. God bless and get well soon, my friend, please. WWE issued a statement saying, and I quote, Tonight on Monday Night Raw, Roman Reigns, a.k.a. Joe Anai, Anai? announced that he is relinquishing the Universal Championship and taking a leave of absence from the WWE as he once again battles leukemia, which has been in remission since late 2008. Reigns is taking his battle with leukemia public in efforts to raise awareness and funds for research in order to advance the cures for the disease. Then after that, Vince McMahon personally released a statement saying, A warrior through and through, Roman Reigns, your entire WWE family stands behind you. Hashtag thank you, Roman Reigns. This happened on a Monday. I think it was like Wednesday. Roman Reigns released a statement for the first time saying, and I quote, thank you to everyone who's reached out. I can't put into words what it means to me. Your energy and positivity 
motivate me to get better quickly and get back in that ring. But for now, I'm going to spend time with my family and focus on my health. Thank you, Joe Roman. You know, we here at Center Wrestling, everybody here involved, myself, Green Man, everybody in here. We wish Roman Reigns, Joe Anai, Joe Anai, 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 I, I can't do it. So we'll keep you updated on his recovery. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. So uh, keep Roman Reigns in your thoughts and prayers, please. I mean, Roman Reigns made it out of the last four WrestleManias. That's insane. Who's going to main event WrestleMania this year? Won't be the same without you, buddy. Won't be the same. Then on Raw, what do you do? So what happened was Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins won the Tag Team Championship from Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. And of course, as you all know by now, Dean Ambrose attacked Seth Rollins at the end of the show, turning heel. This heel turn was building up. We knew it was going to happen. You know, when we reported Dean Ambrose was coming back soon, the report was that he was going to come back either as a heel or turn heel soon enough against Seth Rollins. And that's what they were leading to. Apparently, the plan for that was to happen around Survivor Series or into the Royal Rumble. But they had, you know, press fast forward on their plans. Grains was a big factor going to WrestleMania 35, of course. Probably going to headline it for the fifth time. So they have a big shoes to fill, the big void they're going to fill. And apparently, Ambrose versus Rollins is considered for WrestleMania. But you have Survivor Series, you have the Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, and then WrestleMania, like, you can't stay off this match. So WrestleMania, that's not going to be your first match. It has to be the end of this rivalry and some sort of stipulation involved. But yeah, we can get updated on that. But we asked you on our social media, was it the proper time to do the Seth Rollins heel turn? That's the big argument on social media. Was it the right time? They could have waited a week and no one would have been the wiser. Seth Rollins... Dean Ambrose could have won, and next week, Dean Ambrose could have turned. But we asked you, was it the right time? On Instagram, definition. I can't imagine they have done it if the boys involved weren't comfortable with it. If they really had no plans for Dean going forward, as rumors suggested, then the timing fell in their laps. Make the most of a bad situation. I guess it's certainly a risky move, but one that could pay off big time and make Dean the biggest heel in the company, possibly in the business, for the time at least. Dream Theater fans said he loved it. And Jay Master, I thought it wasn't great, but way to catch us off guard. And the shield for now, at least. Danny, your nemesis. Death caught me off guard, but that's what makes the show fun to watch, despite the sad opening. Lily Cat 85, I'm hurt, but I'm not surprised considering they've been teasing it for weeks. But on the same day, Roman's leukemia returns? That makes it worse. Elite Collector 215, no better time, actually. Talking Suplex Pod, it was actually completely caught me off guard. Small Hawk, yes, 100%. I think what a way to put the shield on the shelf for now. It may not be the best time for this heel turn, but considering how Roman Reigns is on recoup mode, why not? That was from Mason in Gotham. BCJ719 said, yes, it was absolutely brilliant to pull the trigger on that Raw. Reigns isn't going to be around, so you can at least pull the trigger on these two. Those are some of your concerns. Many more comments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Not too late to get involved in the conversation. Post your thoughts and opinions, and we'll read it on a future episode. Get involved in the conversation. That's all we ask you guys for. The show is from the fans to the fans. In other news, now to the news of Roman Reigns' battle with leukemia, another member of the Samoan dynasty revealed he is also battling cancer. Former tag team champion Samu Anai. Samu Anai? I can't do it. Of the head shrinkers reeled on his Facebook he's battling stage 4 liver cancer. He says, and I quote, I want to take a minute to address the situation with myself and that of my family. I recently have posted I'm selling t-shirts Anai Strong. Anai Strong? I can't do it. These shirts have been on sale for many years, and in the light of the current situation that has been struck my family and myself, I decided to change the shirts to various colors for cancer. My cousin's news that has struck the world, and we are all devastated at this time. 
What many of you may or may not know is also I am dealing with stage four liver cancer and I'm certainly waiting for God's grace to help me to get a transplant. So, you know, when it rains, it pours. So our thoughts and prayers are with the Samoan dynasty. I would try to say the last name, but I'm not going to fuck it up again. He is selling t-shirts. I think 25% of the proceeds go to cancer research. So Google it. Check him out on Facebook or Instagram. Buy a t-shirt. Get involved. Help these guys out. Now, that wasn't big enough news for this week. In all their news, despite the controversy following the disappearance of the Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, the WWE confirmed this week that the crown jewel will take place in Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of rumors going on this past week about them canceling it, moving to a different location, scrambling to find a location. But in a statement from the third quarter earnings report, the company said they are faced a difficult decision, but have decided to continue their obligations to the Middle Eastern nation. And I quote, WWE has operated in the Middle East for nearly 20 years and has developed a sizable and dedicated fan base. Considering the heinous crime committed at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, the company faced a very difficult decision as it relates to the event scheduled for November 2nd in Riyadh. Similar to other U.S.-based companies who plan to continue operations in Saudi Arabia, the company has decided to uphold its contractual obligations to the General Sports Authority and stage the event as is. Hot button issue. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We're talking about last week, Randy Orton agrees. This week, Ronda Rousey came out in agreement of doing it. How do you feel? Get involved at Inshallah Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram, Shadow Wrestling. No A on Twitter or inbox at ShadowWrestling.com. It's a tight spot. It's a lose-lose for them, so you can't really fault them for that. But speaking of the crown jewel, in an interview posted by the Orlando Sentinel, Hulk Hogan revealed that he is planning to travel with the WWE and appear at the crown jewel event itself. And I quote, There are a lot of plans in the works. I'm looking forward to going to Saudi Arabia with the WWE, looking forward to WrestleMania. What? But yeah, we're moving forward at a rapid pace. It's exciting to have the opportunity again after all these years where I was there and then gone. Wow. So I guess money does talk. I mean, talking about this a couple of weeks ago when the first rumor came out, if you're going to bring back Hulk Hogan, Saudi Arabia is the place to do it. That audience is going to be in that stadium that night. I'm assuming we'll welcome Hulk Hogan back with open arms, especially for the millions the government's paying for him to be there. If you're going to bring back Hulk Hogan on TV, that is the time and place to do it. So we'll see what happens. But I'm not taking a day off from work to watch it. I'll tell you that right now. Now the news. Sting was recently interviewed for an appearance at a local indie wrestling show. He mentioned that if he was going to return to the ring, he would want to face The Undertaker. Of course, all Sting fans, of course, all Undertaker fans are marking out big time about this. Sting says, and I quote, I would only consider against one opponent, and that would be The Undertaker. And that's it. Anyone else at this point would be like, why? But I've always loved the idea of Sting and The Undertaker. So many ideas in my head, you know, how to make it just right that people would never, never forget. Undertaker's a genius. Sting's a genius. Whatever they want to do, whatever vignettes, whatever rivalry they want to build up, I would definitely watch. So I'm hoping this happens. You know, I'm not dying to see Sting Undertaker. But I'm definitely excited about the vignettes, the promos leading up to that match. So we keep updated. Well, last week we reported about Daniel Cormier trying out with the WWE commentary team. Well, apparently this move is the idea of Fox. Fox feels that when SmackDown joins their network, Cormier will be the best fit for the style of show that they want to present. You know, the more serious sporting brand that we talked about last week. This week, Dave Meltzer noticed that Fox has a vision for SmackDown, which is completely different to what WWE vision for SmackDown is. But Fox is paying the big bucks, so... I'm curious to see how SmackDown plays out here. Being presented as a real, quote-unquote, legit sporting brand? I don't know if this is going to work or not. So we'll keep you updated, no matter who's doing commentary. Now, in other news, something I've been saying for a while now. People have finally started to agree with me. Several WWE superstars are reportedly unhappy how the company is promoting the first ever all-female pay-per-view evolution. 
The report states how they noticed that WWE is focused on the Crown Jewel event, which takes place six days after Evolution. Speaking on Wrestler Observer Live, Brian Alvarez said how many superstars were excited about appearing on the all-female pay-per-view, but now their expectations have dropped. He says, and I quote, it's now kind of like, eh, Evolution's on Sunday, just do the show and everything will go back to normal. Something I've been saying for a long time. So if you're disappointed in how Evolution's being presented and promoted, you're not the only one. Because now WWE superstars feel the same way as we do. Complete disgrace. Evolution is being treated like the redheaded stepchild. There's something they have to do to appease the critics with all male pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. It's just bullshit. The Evolution card seems more entertaining than the crown jewel. Ugh. Just sad to see. But finally, some recognition from what I've been saying for weeks now. But speaking of Evolution, you know, some sort of happy news. Lita and Trish Stratus will team together at Evolution. And according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, WWE has plans for both Lita and Trish for future TV appearances. The plan right now is for both to appear at the Virus Series, Royal Rumble, and even WrestleMania. Fantastic. My new best friend, Trish Stratus, on my TV more often. How can you be upset about that? So looking forward to that. But in similar news, WWE has reportedly reached out to Sable to make an appearance at Evolution, but she reportedly turned down the offer, even after a number of ideas were pitched, such as even participating in the Battle Royal, the ring announcer, or even guest commentating. All ideas were turned down. That's sad. I want to see Sable on my TV, especially Evolution. Come on. Believe it or not, Sable was last seen on TV in 2004, but despite her turning down idea after idea, the door is said to be open for future appearances whenever she feels like it, so... Fingers crossed she changes her mind and we'll see Sable sooner rather than later. And finally, in all their news, I've done you guys a disservice. I, I apologize for the lack of coverage for Eva Marie, someone we talked about on a regular basis in the early days of the show. Well, she's back in the news, finally to talk about the beautiful Eva Marie. In a recent interview with Pro Wrestling Sheets, Eva Marie spoke about the WWE run she had and having unfinished business with the company, saying, and I quote, I feel like I have to do unfinished business there. Ultimately, everyone, I think it would be silly if you didn't say this, but you know, you want the title. I feel right when I left, I was just about to arrive. So this is something that's still in me. No, I will not be appearing at Evolution, but that doesn't say I won't be appearing later on. They need all red everything to come back and spice things up. Yes, we do. Please come back. Love me some Eva Marie. Smoking hot. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Many people thought she can't wrestle. She was getting better in the ring. She went down to NXT, trained hard. She was a mainstay in NXT for a while. She came back to the main roster, had this great character, great storyline going for her, and then she got suspended and fired. So I'm hoping this resolves. I'd love to see her back on TV. love to see her back on Total Divas. Anything Eva Marie wants, I'm all in. Make it happen. And also, Eva Marie, if you're listening, hit me up at Michael G. Putty. I try to help you out. We got contact with Impact. So... We can work something out here. That's a different story for a different time. So the news this week. Let's get into another action-packed week of Cheers and Heels. A shot of wrestling presents Cheers and Heels. And also a quick reminder that your boy at Michael J. Party, you know, has won a karaoke competition before. So maybe I'm just having an off night because I can sing pretty damn well. I have a, I'm a former champion. You know, just get better and better. You know, keep practicing. You know, you know, things will improve. Once I learn how auto-tune works. But anyway, let's get into Raw. Big cheers to, you know, Raw itself. It must have been hard to follow that announcement. 
but the WWE did what they do best and entertain us. You never know, that probably was one of the most difficult nights anyone on that roster has experienced in their careers. So good job to everybody who appeared on Raw. My first initial thought was that now that Roman Reigns is out, what do they do with the Universal title? Predictably, now Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. I don't see them giving it back to Lesnar after what they did. Still, Braun Strowman will finally get the title. But, like, fuck both of them. Fuck both of them. Make the winner of the World Cup the new Universal Champion. Give them something to actually fight for besides a stupid trophy. I mean, you did with the Royal Rumble. The title was vacated, so the winner of the Royal Rumble became the new champion. Why not do that for the World Cup? Make it more exciting. Is a tournament style. There's eight men involved for now. See what happens with Daniel Bryan and John Cena. Both men are rumored to be out. So let's see how they get replaced, if they get replaced. But yeah, that'd be, make it more exciting. Make it more meaningful. Make it more engaging to see the winner of the World Cup become the new Universal Champion. Besides, plus what if a SmackDown guy was the Universal Championship? Does he get traded over to Raw now? Does he appear in both shows? It makes the future more exciting. Besides Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. <sighs> Boring. Cheers to Elias finally winning a match on TV because... As Pete Rosado mentioned last time he was here, now I get to hear his theme song. Pete Rosado said how he loved Elias' theme song, so when I got the WWE 2K19 video game, one of the first matches I had was against Elias so I could hear his theme song. And now I get to hear it on Raw after he won. Pretty good. Pretty good theme song. Pete Rosado was right. But P.S., was this a face turn for Elias? I mean, fucking I hope not. Yeah, the crowd cheers him for a little bit, but a couple of weeks ago, he had the longest boo in Raw history. He's got a good thing going here. Do not ruin it by turning him face. Elias as a face is not going to work. It's going to be boring. Ugh. But man, cheers those crowd reactions to Dean Ambrose attacking Seth Rollins. Cheers to the camera crew for getting all those camera reactions. It was like cutting right, right, right here, right here, right there. It's like nonstop reactions in the crowd. I mean, they trumped the Undertaker guy, WrestleMania 30, the Miz girl from Raw. There were so many reactions. Raw wasn't too bad. Raw wasn't that bad this week. But our SmackDown, the A-Show. Let me give a big cheers to Becky Lynch attacking Charlotte Flair at her NXT speech at the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Kayfabe is alive. Kayfabe is well. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch is the hottest feud going on in the entire WWE universe. When I found out Monday morning what happened with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch Mealy text Erwin Escobar because he's a big fan of Becky Lynch and Shella Flair. And he said the same thing I did. Kayfabe is alive and well. This is fantastic. WWE needs to do more stuff like this. I doubt that they will. So for the weeks now, they've been promoting the crown jewel. But can we finally call it crown jewel for what it really is? It's eight men in a tournament style in one night vying to be the quote-unquote best in the world to win a fucking shitty trophy. Can we call it what it really is? The fucking king of the ring? Why not just call it the king of the fucking ring? Makes no sense. You're in a kingdom. Maybe maybe you're in a kingdom of Saudi Arabia, so maybe I guess you can't call it king of the ring. Big heel. The biggest heel of the entire WWE universe. He had English going against Rusev in a grudge match. A grudge match that you guys have been building for weeks and weeks and weeks is on a SmackDown one-off appearance. And the match lasted, what, minutes? You've been building weeks for this rivalry, and you get, you get that? There better be more to this than meets the eye. But I'm kind of doubting that, which means this rivalry was a huge waste of time. So thank you to Aiden English for your time, for your talents. I will see you at the Royal Rumble. 
if there's anybody who left who watched what Superstars or Main Event, whatever the show's called, I'm assuming they'll see you on there. And a big cheel, once again, it's cheel's a cheer and a heel. I'm going to heal the stupid crowd, the stupid fucking crowd, with their stupid CM Punk chants. But I'm going to cheers Shane McMahon, shutting them up right quick. One superstar will have the accolade of knowing that they are the best in the world. But who can that person be? I don't believe he's in the tournament. Good job, Shane McMahon. That's how you do it. Stephanie was a master at it. Shane did a great job. I guess it runs in the family. Moving on. Let's get right into Lucha Underground. All right. So cheers here. The show started with the seven to survive elimination match for the gift of the God's championship. But the show started with all seven men in the ring. No entrances. No entrance music. Melissa Santos introduced him by name. which took like, what, 20 seconds? And then we got right into the action. Fantastic. Plus, that match lasted an hour. I kind of got the feeling that it would because it's seven men, for God's sakes. But then cheers for Matt Stryker keeping kayfabe alive yet again because Matt Stryker kept saying, we're starting with our main event. But however, Mr. Cuerto does have other matches lined up in case this match ends sooner than we expected to. Yeah, That's how you do it. Keep kayfabe alive. Well done. We knew this match was not going to end before the hour was up. We knew Mr. Cuerto did not have other matches lined up, but Matt Stryker and Vampiro sold it because, you know what? Hashtag kayfabe is alive. And again, on episode 139, I asked, who is Dante Fox? He returned to a huge reaction. I'd never heard of him. I'd never seen him before. So I asked you guys, who was Dante Fox? Because it's not important anymore because Dante Fox was in the finals against Jack Swagger. They were the last two men standing. And of course, predictably, Jake Strong won. But he broke the ankle of Dante Fox. So that was it. There's no chance we see Dante Fox again. So that was just a two-episode appearance. So who is Dante Fox, I ask? I don't care because it's not important. Bye-bye. Maybe I'll see you next season. But next week starts. Ultima Lucha Cuatro. Again, I will tell you, if you've not been watching Lucha Underground, you want something to watch on Wednesday evenings, either 8 or 9 o'clock, check out El Rey Network, Lucha Underground. You will not be disappointed you don't need to know the storylines you don't need to know what's going on because the match itself will steal the show so elwood network lucha underground ultima lucha cuatro starts on halloween moving over to impact so i was wondering how do they shoot impact they shoot four weeks in advance how does that work do they shoot episode one episode two on the first night episode three episode four then the next night no apparently i got my answer because a show they filmed on tuesday night two of tapings they aired on episode two, which means some of the matches we saw on night one will appear on a future episode, if that makes sense. It's hard to explain, but they shot the episodes of Impact out of order. They shot a match here, a match there, and a match here, and then they're going to piece it together however they plan on doing that. If you did not listen to episode 139, Greenman and I were at the Impact tapings both nights. We saw four episodes, but they don't show you the backstage interviews, the out of out in the street vignettes or promos. So you just, you just see matches. So we got our answer, I guess. We're going to cheers my man Eli Drake on commentary. He's a natural. Just add it to that match. Eli Drake's fantastic. He's the biggest thing going on, in my opinion, 
for Impact Wrestling, but when he confronted Josh Matthews and Don Callis on commentary, Don Callis ran away in fear of Eli Drake. But what you didn't see was after he ran off camera, he ran right past your boys at Mugger Party and the Green Man and the Boulevard Bullies because we were standing right there when he ran right next to us. Booker cheers Allie, man. Allie looked smoking hot. She came out with a new outfit, the tight black shorts, the white tank top, and of course her new beautiful dark hair. Okay, Allie, I see you. I see you, girl. Hit me up at Muggsy Point. Let's see what happens. But did anybody else notice this? The uh, the cunt reference on Impact? Now, we know Impact on Pop TV is a lot lax in their strict censorship, if you will. You know, no way the C-word gets past the censors. Taya was backstage. Tessa crashed her locker room. Tessa confronted her. And Tessa challenged her to a match, a rematch, to prove that she wasn't lucky. That proved that Tessa is better than Taya. At the end, Tessa pointed to her championship belt saying, Do you know what this makes me? Taya stood up from her chair, looked her right in the eyes, and goes, See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday is vernacular slang for the C word. I'm surprised they went there. That's all I'm saying. I'm surprised they went there. Killer Cross is awesome. Killer Cross is great, but he is definitely growing on me on the microphone. His promos are fantastic. I don't know if it's him itself or it's the pairing with him and Moose, but Killer Cross is fantastic. And in your main event, Johnny Impact against Phoenix in what was a great match in person and an even better match on TV. If you're not watching Impact, Google it, Johnny Impact versus Phoenix, because Phoenix is fantastic. Johnny Impact's fantastic, and together, that match was amazing. Check it out. That's all I got for Cheers and Heels. Another great week. Every show hit on all cylinders. But how about them ratings? This week's Raw drew a 2.548 million, which is up 6.3% from last week's 2.397 million. Raw was number 10 in viewership for the night, behind the NFL, Monday Night Football, Monday Night Football Kickoff, Fox News, Sports Center at midnight, MSNBC. Raw was number 4 in the 18 to 49 demographic, behind Monday Night Football, the Kickoff, and of course, Sports Center. No Love and Hip Hop. Is that show still on? Or is it the offseason? Let us know. I don't watch Love and Hip Hop, but Love and Hip Hop is always. In the ratings, SmackDown. This week, SmackDown drew a 2.087 million, which is down 18% from last week's 2.545 million. Last week's show was up 19, so I guess SmackDown kind of plateaued back to normal. But however, this is the third least watched SmackDown since the show moved to Tuesday nights. Ouch. SmackDown was number eight in the viewership for the night behind Fox News, MSNBC. SmackDown, however, was number one in the 18 to 49 demographic. Now, something I've been waiting for all week. Last two weeks, actually. Impact. This week's Impact drew 98,000 viewers, which is down from last week's 189,000. And it is officially the lowest viewership in history for the show. The previous record came back in December 14 of 2017, which hit 161,000. Now, this is the very first viewership for Impact in the 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. time slot. Now, as long as I've been covering impact ratings, they are in the high 100,000s, 160 to 190. I think one or twice they've been in the 200s. But here we are at not even 100. They were 80, they were at 98,000, the lowest viewership in history. But like Josh Matthews said on the Press Pass podcast, they're not too concerned, thanks to DVR. Because who wants to stay up on a Thursday night to watch impact wrestling? Yes, I do, but... I had no other choice. I don't know. Fucking network. I digress. This week, Impact ranked 140 in the cable top 150. Last week's show ranked 
148. So once again, if you pay attention, a lot of times impact ratings will go down significantly. However, they rise in the cable top 150. But this is day one of the new time slot. I'm curious to see how the ratings kind of plateau from here. And of course, you know your boy will keep you updated. Let's get into some go-home thoughts. Evolution is this weekend. A pay-per-view I'm excited about. Apparently no one else in WWE is. But I'm excited about Evolution. I'm hoping it's a good show. I'm hoping it's successful. I'm hoping it's something that continues on. Because they deserve it. But here we go. Io Shirai goes against Tony Storm in the finals for the Mae Young Classic. Kari Zayn goes against Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. There will be a Women's Battle Royal for wins for the past, present, and future. Vying for a future Women's Championship match. Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalya go against the Riot Squad. Trish Stratus and Lita go against Alicia Fox and Mickey James with Alessa Bliss in their corner, who was pulled last minute due to injury. And in your main event, Ronda Rousey goes against Nikki Bella for the Raw Women's Championship. And in what should be your main event, Becky Lynch goes against Charlotte Flair in their very first last women's standing match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now this is your very first all-female pay-per-view in the WWE Universe. How's the main event not the last women's standing match? Ronda Rousey against Nikki Bella is a rivalry that what happened, what, two weeks ago? Becky Lynch and Charlotte have been going on since SummerSlam. Now here we are, the culmination of a last women's standing match, and that's not your main event? That makes no sense. Last week we talked about Bully Ray saying AJ Styles is going to steal the show, so they want to put him more in the mid-card. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair is going, definitely going to steal the show. Probably match of the night. But how is that your main event, man? That's just ridiculous. But whatever, let's wrap things up here. There's karaoke to be had downstairs. The rain is pouring, but you know what? Fuck it, let me get my drink on. Let's sing some fucking karaoke. Mike, you're missing out. I'm, I'm disappointed. So like we always say, this show is from the fans to the fans when you hear your family. So check us out on Facebook, A Shadow Wrestling. On Twitter, Shadow Wrestling, no A. Instagram, A Shadow Wrestling. And now, YouTube, A Shadow Wrestling. Check us out. Greenman has been posting his full-length, unedited interviews on YouTube. So go check those out. More content will be on your, our YouTube channel eventually. So just get in the habit of checking us out on YouTube. Definitely subscribe. You don't want to miss the stuff that's coming up. Check your boy at Muggage Party on Twitter, Instagram, and now on Facebook. Eric Jaden is sitting by to take your love questions. Dial it up, 619-343-3005. We're weeks away from a cold night in hell at BCW in the Bronx, New York, featuring the BCW debut of Glacier. So stay tuned for the next couple weeks for more information on that, an event you do not want to miss. But I'm ready to wrap things up here as Blutista makes his entrance at Payback 2014. Man, love Blutista. Hope you enjoyed my debut single, Roman Reigns, The Big Dog. Hopefully we'll put that up on our YouTube channel as well. That's it for me here, folks. So for everybody here at the Shutter Wrestling, I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>